I want you to go ahead and open up your Bibles this morning to Ephesians chapter 6, and we're, uh, we've made it to verse 16 now, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 16. So we are continuing to look at the, uh, uh, the full armor of God, and as we continue to look at the full armor of God, we've been looking at this for several weeks now, and as we look at the full armor of God, we recognize that each piece of the full armor of God is made for the specific purpose, as it states many times within this text of Scripture, that we would stand firm. Amen. That we would stand firm. That we would be steadfast and immovable always abounding in the work of the Lord. So when we begin to understand that, we also understand uh, that we are in a spiritual battle and we are called to be spiritual warriors. And so when we look right here in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 16, uh, the next piece of the full armor of God that we're looking at this morning is the shield of faith. So we look there in verse 16 and it says, in addition to all, take up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. And so when we take a look at this particular uh, piece of warfare, when we take a look at this particular piece of the full armor of God, it's the shield of faith. And so as we understand the shield of faith and we understand that here it is, the Apostle Paul, he's talking about, he's talking about a Roman soldier's attire and he's talking about a Roman soldier's attire, a Roman soldier, there was really two different types of shields that were used. There were the smaller shields and they were round. You know, you kind of look at Captain America. If anybody's familiar with Captain America, it's kind of a shield like he has. And so it was a round shield, kind of a small shield. And so that shield, it can be used for deflecting swords. It can be used for deflecting spears. It was also used as an offensive weapon as well. A Roman soldier that was well trained and well versed in warfare, he could use that shield and put a death blow just to about just about anybody that came in his path. But that's not the type of shield that the Apostle Paul has in mind, that the Word of God has in mind right here. Rather, it's a different type of shield. It's a shield that's about two and a half feet wide and it's about four and a half feet long. It's a shield that is intended for strictly for defense, as you put that shield in front of you and it is there to deflect, as the Bible says right here, those arrows that are to come your way, those flaming arrows, those flaming missiles that are coming your way. It's used for that purpose of deflecting the flaming arrows, the flaming missiles of the evil one. And so when we understand uh, that particular purpose, we begin to recognize and look here in the Word of God that as the Word of God calls it this shield, that has this specific purpose of deflecting those flaming arrows. We we see this within uh, archaeology. We see that it was a very common practice especially for the Persians to use, they would take their arrows and as they would take their arrows, they would cover them with pitch or they would cover them with tar and right before they launch off those arrows and it was it would usually be hundreds and even thousands of them all at the same time. They're standing there on their city wall or they're standing there at their defense station and as they launch off those arrows, right before they launch them off, they will set them on fire and so whatever 
before that arrow penetrates, not only is it going to pierce whatever it penetrates, it is going to set it on fire as well. And so when we begin to look at this, we understand who the attack is against. Now this is a spiritual attack that we're talking about. And so we need to put up a spiritual defense as we look here in the Word of God. Again in verse 16, in addition to all taking up the shield of faith, which you'll be able to extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. And so that is the arrows that we are extinguishing, the arrows of the evil one. Now remember a while back we looked at the fact that our struggle is not against flesh and blood. We're not in a physical battle. We're not in a physical war. We're not in a physical confrontation. This is a spiritual battle. And yes, sometimes it will manifest in the physical realm, but it is rooted in the spirit. And as we begin to understand that and know that more and more our battle is not against man and man or man and woman or woman and woman it's not against nation and nation it's not against democrats and republicans it is against the evil one uh, yes it will manifest in the, the physical realm on many uh, in many occasions we look in the physical world today and there is a great deal of evil that is going on amen and there is a great deal of attacking even physically attacking those who are righteous, those who are Christians, attacking the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and attacking those who are children of God. But it is rooted in the spiritual realm and so those flaming arrows, they come from the evil one. We, we look here in the Word of God and as we continue to look, we continue to understand that Satan himself is the aggressor and as we recognize that Satan is the aggressor, Jesus himself said in John chapter 10, in verse 10 he said that the thief who's the thief that's the evil one that is Satan that is the devil himself the thief cometh only to steal kill and destroy and friends he's very good at it amen he is very good at stealing and killing and destroying and how does he do that by shooting off those flaming missiles amen by shooting off those flaming arrows that pierce you and not only pierce you but they set you ablaze and so he is not only after destroying you he or hurting you he is after after destroying you. He is after absolute ruin. He wants to ruin you. He wants to annihilate you. He wants to wipe you out. He doesn't want to just maim you. He wants to steal from you, kill you, and destroy you. And so Jesus himself told us that truth in John 10, 10. Praise God that the rest of that verse as Jesus says, but I have come to give you life and to give it to you abundantly. So when we take a look at that and understand this, how does we do it? How does he do it? Again, look at this text of Scripture. We've already looked at this, but just to be reminded of this in Ephesians uh, chapter 6 and verse 10, it says right here, Finally be strong in the Lord and stand in the strength of His might. Put on the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of of the devil. Amen. Against the schemes of the devil. Now who is the devil? Who's the devil? What, what does it mean to be the devil? The word devil, the name devil or the title devil as it's given here is literally the accuser of the brethren. Right? It's the accuser of the brethren. He is the accuser. And so when we look at that, he is the accuser and he wants to shoot those missiles at you. He wants to shoot those arrows at you so they can pierce you and so they can destroy 
destroy you, but you know what? Not only is he accusing you of saying, hey, look at what Rusty Coon is doing. Look, look how Rusty Coon is acting. Look, listen to those words that Rusty Coon is saying. That doesn't look like Jesus. That doesn't honor Jesus. That doesn't honor God. Those are not things of God. Those are things of the flesh. But see, not only is he the accuser, he is the instigator. Amen? He's the instigator. He is the one that brings about those temptations. And so, what are those uh, flaming arrows? What are those flaming missiles? They are the temptations of the devil himself. Those temptations that the devil wants to pierce you with. Those temptations that the devil wants to ruin you with. And so, as we look at the temptations that the devil himself is bringing about our way, we begin to understand what the only defense that we have. Remember, we can't stand in our own strength. We can't stand in our own power. We can't stand in our own might. Remember the Bible says right here to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. If you get out there all on your own and you try to fight Him all on your own and that arrow comes your way, guess what? It is going to ruin you. It is going to take you out. You have no defense whatsoever. Let me also remind you of what the full armor of God is or who the full armor of God is. It is Jesus. Amen? Now, we've already looked at that. I just want to remind you of that. And so what do we do when those arrows begin to come our way? And it, it might be coming. It might be an all-out assault. Or it might be one arrow every now and then. Or it, 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 it might be uh, kind of uh, uh, some that are coming unexpectedly when you're not thinking about it and when you're not looking for it. But what do we do when those arrows begin to come our way? We simply raise up the shield of faith. Amen? And as we raise up the shield of faith, we understand that that shield of faith, it is going to extinguish those flaming arrows. And see, when we look at the shield that the Roman soldier would have, he'd get that shield and he would put that shield in front of him and that shield was made out of wood, but, it, but the front of the shield was usually wrapped in leather and that leather was designed in such a way when that, that, that uh, flame hit him, it was going to extinguish it. Amen. It was going to put it out. If all he had was the wood and it set the wood on fire, it wouldn't do him any good. Amen. But that put that leather in there and, and that leather had been tanned in a certain way to where when that arrow hits it, that flame is going to go out. And so friends, what we need to do, we need to raise up that shield of faith and every time the devil comes and he tries to shoot those arrows our way, shoot those temptations our way, try to bring us down, try to steal, try to kill, try to destroy, we need to simply raise up the shield of faith. Well, that's easy to say, but how do we do it? Amen? It's easy to say, I'll just raise up the shield of faith. I remember when I, after I got sick, right after I got sick, right after I ended up getting cancer, folks would come up to me all the time. I mean, all the time. It was always coming up to you, write me on Facebook, write me messages or whatever. Well, if you just had enough faith, you'd be made well. Okay? Is that biblical? No. So what does it mean to stand in biblical faith? Amen? What does it mean to raise up and stand in biblical faith, understanding that we're not standing in our own strength, we're not standing in our own power? So many folks within the world today, they're not trying to live in faith in God, they're trying to put faith in their own faith, and when you put faith in your own faith, guess what? You're going to fail. 
So my faith is not in me, come what may. My faith is not in who I am. My faith is not in what I do. My faith is not in what I see. My faith is not in what I experience. My faith is not even what I'm feeling and what my body's going through right now. My faith is in Almighty God. He is in absolute and total control. And when I begin to understand that God is in absolute and total control, He has this taken care of and come what may. Guess what? If He heals me, I give Him all the praise, honor, and glory. If He takes me on, guess what? The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, is to live as Christ, but to die as gain. Amen? So regardless of what I face within this world, God is in absolute control no matter what. And my faith is in Him and Him alone. Amen? So when we look here and begin to ask our question, the question, well, how do we stand in faith? How do we stand firm behind the shield of faith? And so when we begin to understand what the shield of faith is, the shield of faith is Jesus. Amen? All of the armor of God is Jesus. And what is its purpose? It's for defensive. Yes, there's times when we go on the offensive, but this particular shield of faith is for the defensive. And so when we stand there in the defensive position, standing literally behind Jesus, as Jesus is our shield, we begin to re- uh, recognize that doesn't matter what life brings our way he is going to be standing there God is our refuge and our strength a very present help in a time of trouble is what the word of God so very clearly tells us so what do we do how do we stand firm behind the shield of faith the Bible tells us in first Peter chapter 5 verses 8 and 9 it says this be of sober spirit be on the alert that's what our first task right there that's our first goal right there we need to be of sober spirit. We need to be on the alert. We don't need to let our guard down. We need to understand there is a devil out there. There are demons out there. There is a spiritual force out there and it will try to tear me down. Given the opportunity, given the chance, it will try to destroy me. And if I get distracted, if I get disoriented to where I'm not of a sober spirit and of a sober mind spiritually, and if I'm not being on the alert, recognizing that there's an enemy out there and he's going to try to destroy me then friends it's not if he's coming but it's when he's coming amen so that needs to be the first thing and then he goes on to say your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking some seeking someone to devour now let me stop again right there so what do we do right there we recognize that yes he is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour but praise God the cross has pulled out all of his teeth amen so the cross has rendered him powerless so all he's doing is making a whole lot of noise who is he he is the devil what are we doing we're standing firm against the schemes of the devil you know what the schemes are we've already talked about this again but let me remind you once again they're lies who is the devil he is a liar but if you know the truth the truth will set you free amen so we need to stand in the truth of the word of God we need to stand behind the truth who is Jesus Christ the way the truth and the life and so as we look at that we don't need to be entrapped by his lies because he's a liar he's a very good liar but if we know the truth the truth is going to set us free we need to be in the word we need to be studying it knowing it living according to it he goes on to say but resist him resist him we need to resist him When that temptation is 
shot our way, what do we do? We resist Him. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same experience of sufferings are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. So when we look at that, we begin to understand that. We recognize what our who our enemy is. The enemy is the devil. And we recognize it's not if, but when. He's coming after us. So how do we resist Him? Friends, we resist Him the exact same way that Jesus resisted Him. Amen? So how did Jesus resist the devil? Well, fortunately for us, the Word of God tells us exactly how Jesus resisted the devil. Amen? We look at Matthew chapter 4 and beginning in verse 1, it says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after He had fasted for 40 days and for 40 nights, He then became hungry. And the tempter came and said to Him, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones be, become bread. So, so he, he is the accuser, right? Oh, if you're really the Son of God. If that's really who you are. It might turn to you. Oh, if you're really a Christian. You're really a child of God. This is what you need to be doing. Right? So if you're really the Son of God, He says, command that these stones become bread. And what did Jesus say? Jesus said, but He answered, it is written. Man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the, word, uh, out of the mouth of God. Verse 5, and the devil took him by the uh, holy city and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple, which was extremely high in the air, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. The devil said it is written. They will command his angels concerning you, or he will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus turned around back against him and he said, it says, Jesus said to him, on the other hand, it is written. You see, you, need, you see why you need to know your Bible? The devil's a liar. And he'll twist and turn Scripture. Oh, the Bible says this. Is that what it really says? Is that what it really means? Amen? So we need to know our Bible. Of course, Jesus knew his Bible. Jesus said to him, on the other hand, it is written, you should not put the Lord your God to the test. Verse 8 again, the devil took him by the hand, a very high mountain and showed him all of the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all of these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Devil's wanting Jesus to worship him. Amen? Well, he, he is trying really, really hard to tempt Jesus. Then in verse 10, then Jesus said to him, uh, verse, verse 9, He said to him, All of these things I will give you, and if you fall down and worship Me, and then Jesus said to him, Go, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve Him alone. Three times, the devil tried to tempt Jesus. Three times, Jesus said, It's written. This is what the Word of God says. Amen? This is what God has to say about the situation. So what did Jesus do? He resisted him. How did he resist him? He resisted him in the Word of God. Through the power of the Word of God. It is written. And then the last time he just told him, he said, get behind me, Satan. Right? Just get away from me. You're wasting your time here. The Bible says if you resist the devil, he'll flee 
from you. Amen? Now, he, he's a little slow about learning, so he'll come back. So we always we need to keep on guard. Amen? So he's going to try and try and try again. But in, when you're in that time of temptation, resist him and he'll flee from you. So we continue to look how else do we stand firm uh, in the, uh, behind the shield of faith. We also see, as we look in the Word of God, as Jesus is here talking to Peter, as Jesus is talking to Peter, Jesus tells Peter this, that, 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 that Satan is trying to sift you like wheat. He wants to come after you and he wants to destroy you. He wants to absolutely devour you, Peter. This is what Jesus said to Peter. Oh, every single one of us should find a great deal of comfort and peace in this. Luke chapter 22 and verse 32. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail in you when once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Peter, I've prayed for you. Isn't it good news to know that Jesus Christ who is our Lord, Jesus Christ who is our Savior, Jesus Christ who bought us with the precious price of His blood on the cross of Calvary has also ascended at the right hand of the throne of God to do what? To make intercession for the saints. Who's that? That's you and I. Have been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ, bought with that precious blood, bought with that precious, valuable cost of the blood of Jesus Christ, who is now sitting at the right hand of the throne of God, making intercession for you and I. So Satan wants to sift you like wheat. But guess what? We've got some good news. Jesus is praying for you. Jesus is interceding for you. And when we pray, we understand that there's one intercessor between God and man, and that is Jesus. If you're praying to anybody else, you're wasting your time. There's only one intercessor between God and man, and that is Jesus Christ Himself, and we pray through Jesus. Amen? But we do pray. We do pray. We pray and we lift up our voice unto God. And so when we look at those shields, we also understand something very interesting about the shield. The shield wasn't only designed to protect the individual soldier, but the shield was also designed to stand in a line to where you put those shields side by side by side and they literally form a moving wall, an impenetrable moving wall to where they continue to advance forward side by side shield by shield walking together advancing the cause and isn't that what the church is designed to do walk side by side hand in hand one with the other as we continue to move forward standing behind Jesus who is the head of the church standing behind him knowing that through his power and his might he has us what else does the Bible say right here in Ephesians chapter 6 and it tells us in verse uh, uh, 18 it tells us this with all prayer prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit and with this in view, with this in view, with all of this in view, of everything He's just said, with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all of the saints. Isn't it a great joy to be a part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing that Jesus is interceding for you, but when you stand in need, your church is praying for you? Amen? What a great joy that is. What a, what a great comfort and peace and assurance 
that that is. If you're not involved in a church, then friends, you're missing out in all kinds of ways. But you're certainly missing out in that strength. In the midst of the battles, your brothers and sisters join next to you side by side and lift you up in prayer. So faith, really, when we begin to look at it, faith is just this. God, I believe you. Amen? God, I believe you. Devil's a liar. I don't believe his schemes. I don't believe his lies. I don't believe his trickeries. But God, I believe you. God, I trust you. That's all faith is. We try to make something extra out of it. Amen? Simply saying, God, I believe you. I trust you. So I read the Word of God and I find the truths of the Word of God. I'm going to stand firm in them and I'm not going to be moved. Those fiery arrows are coming my way. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for me. I'm going to pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ. We're going to stand together. We're going to stand behind the shield of faith as Jesus Christ. Praise God, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 tells us that no temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. I'm facing the fire right now, but God, I believe you. You said you're going to get me through this, and I believe you. Fire's hot right now, but God, I believe you. Those arrows are coming at me in multitudes, but God, I believe you. I'm going to stand behind the shield of faith. 2 Peter 2.9 says this, The Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation. We all ought to memorize that, amen? The Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation. Who are the godly? only those who are saved because the Bible says there's no one good, not even one. Only the blood of Jesus makes us godly. The Chicago Moody Press had a little story in there. and This little story, it says this. It says when John Patton, who was a missionary to the South Seas Inland Tribes, he was trying to translate a Bible for them and their own native language, and he discovered that he had no word for the word faith or trust. Couldn't find a word for faith and trust. So he was searching real hard so that they could have a Bible in their own language to translate that into their own language. And it says here, it says, One day a native who had been running hard came into the missionary's house, flopped himself in a large chair and said, It is good to rest my whole weight on this chair. John Patton said, that's it. That's it. That's what I'm going to put. He said, I'll translate faith as resting one's whole weight on God. Isn't that some good stuff there? Amen. Faith is resting one's whole weight on God. Now we know that we're saved by faith. 
That is extraordinarily clear, but friends, when we're saved, God sustains our salvation. There's nothing we can do to keep our salvation. That's an act of God, just as salvation itself is an act of God. God works out that salvation to sustain our salvation. What's interesting that the Bible says in Romans chapter 1, verse 17, that the righteous shall walk by faith. Faith alone. He's not talking about those who need to get saved. He's talking about those who are saved. They should walk by faith. Faith alone. What do we say about that? God, every day, I just need to rest my whole weight on you. Amen? I can't carry. I can't carry this heavy load, but Jesus, you can. I can't carry this weight, but Jesus, you can. All these burdens, all these pains, all these heartaches, all these trials, all these temptations, they're overwhelming all on my own. So, Jesus said to take his yoke, for his yoke is easy. In exchange, he takes our yoke. He carries that weight that we can't handle. Isn't that a phenomenal exchange right there? Walking by faith every day, every moment. As you stand this morning, our praise team's going to come on in here. And as they do, Friend, maybe you have burdens, maybe you have trials, maybe you're facing some pretty fierce temptations right now. Sometimes the devil will beat us down over those temptations. Temptation itself is not a sin. The following through with that temptation that is a sin, even Jesus was tempted. But we need to resist it. And you said, oh, brother, I've been trying, I've been trying, I've been trying, I've been trying. It's so hard. The devil's after me. Well, I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to pray for you. Are you saved this morning? Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? If not, friends, the devil's going to ruin you on your own. He will outright destroy you. Yes, if you die apart from Jesus, you're going to spend eternity in hell. Between now and eternity, He is going to be actively destroying you. But it doesn't have to be that way. You could turn to Jesus and trust in Jesus right here, right now today. Are you a member of a church? stand alone. If you're not, would you come? We'd love to have you. Amen. Ever God so leads, you come. I'm up here and this altar is for you. Open for you. You come as God so leads. Amen.